In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, love your enemies. There was a time I couldn't understand this at all. And I even told one of our people, our church people, I said, I can't do some of the things Jesus says in Luke chapter 6. But the one thing I knew I could do is follow the Spirit of God because God taught me about the Holy Spirit and taught me how to follow the Spirit of God. So when he would remind me something, I did it. So I knew I could follow the Spirit of God, but I knew I couldn't love my enemies. Well, you can't love your enemies except as you follow the Spirit of God along the way, doing what he shows you in the issues of this life. All of a sudden, you are aware that you actually do love your enemies. And you don't want to see them destroyed. You want to see them saved. Many times I've prayed for God to please reveal himself to my Church of Christ cousin before she dies. Because I know she doesn't have the Spirit of God. I know she's not born again. She's tried to follow the Scriptures, but she's done it through her mind, by her own will. And... That doesn't work. She's just not born again. She's been in Church of Christ all her life. She's fought me for 40 years on this subject of trying to get me to stop sharing things of God with people. I was on radio for a while, and she heard one of the radio broadcasts and said, Well, you really have a good voice. That was 40 years ago when I started on radio. She has tried over and over to get me to stop speaking of things of God to other people on radio, in writing, in books, in whatever I happen to be working in. Jesus says that the time would come when they would try to kill you, to stop you from doing what you're doing. They would try to kill you, and it was because they didn't know God. Well, that's the way this cousin is. I think that's John 16. It is John 16. It starts at verse 2. Jesus says, They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They've been in churches all their life, but they've never been born again, and they don't have the Spirit of God. So when someone comes along that looks wrong to them, they try to stop that person, and they think they do a good work. But the truth is, they don't know the Father or Jesus. And I've prayed many times for God to reveal to my cousin to him, for him to reveal himself to her before she dies and to correct her concerning me so she can repent. She made an all-out attempt to stop me from writing on the blog and writing books in the year 2019, and she was 97 at that time. Her letter to me was so mixed up I could barely sort through it to see what she was trying to say. 97. 
So, of course, what I did is I just prayed, God, please reveal to Jean that I'm really of you so she can repent before she dies. And please reveal yourself to her before she dies because I know she doesn't know you. Love your enemies. As you follow the Spirit of God, those people that rise up against you and against the Word and rise up to try to stop you, they're enemies of you and the Word, but you still hope that they will repent and that God will give them an understanding to repent and be saved. For salvation's of God, it's not of our own will. God has to give us a mind to repent. We can't do it for anyone else. They can't even do it when they want to do it. It's all of God. You can read Romans 9 and see what Paul's talking about there. It's not of him that tries or those that will us, but it's God who shows mercy. And that's what this cousin needs. That's what all the people need who are committing sins. We have a neighbor who is most likely a lesbian. Now, how do I feel about her? We bought a new grill recently, and I can tell you how I felt about her. I wanted her to come over and us fix things on the grill, and I wanted her to sit down and we could visit with her. That's how I felt about her. I think that's loving your enemies. Now, I don't know that I'll ever do this. I prayed about it, and nothing's ever developed about it. And I don't know if it's the will of God for her to do this, but that's what I want. That's what I want her to do. First time I ever met this woman was when I moved to Colorado in 2019. I moved here February 24th, 2019. At that time, her mother was living with her. She and her mother would come down to Pam's house, and we would have a hamburger and watch a movie on television or a DVD. And her mother was someone that was so jolly, and Pam and I both thought she was born again. They were Catholic people. I know we were warned about these neighbors. We were warned about this woman. Pam was twice warned by dreams about this woman. But during the lifetime of her mother, it seemed to be permissible with God for us to have her come, her and her mother come down here to the house. That went on for about a year. Her mother died I think in December of that first year that I lived here, which would be 2019. So for several months, they would come down here and watch movies with us, and we would get a pizza sent in, or we would go and get a hamburger and bring it back to the house and eat. But the first time I ever met this woman, she had lived in Abilene, Texas. I had gone to school in Abilene, Texas at the Church of Christ College. I was not born again at the time I went to this Church of Christ college. But in the 50s, the Church of Christ was very strict. She told me that recently that ACC, ACU now, ACC, um, she had gone there also as a student. And at first I thought she was a Church of Christ member because that's usually the people who go there. But it turned out she's a Catholic Well, um, that didn't fit at all. But she told me that ACC has changed their policy 
and they now accept homosexuals and lesbians into the uh, the student body. And I was really shocked that, to think that ACC would do that. I didn't realize this woman was trying to find out if I would support homosexuals and lesbians. Later, she happened to be in front of her house as we were driving down the street in our new car. And we stopped at her house and asked her if she would like to go for a ride. So she got in the car and we started out riding. And she said, now at the Air Force Academy, which is here in Colorado Springs, she said they no longer even have a place on your registration papers where it says gender. They have removed that. I said, really? That's as far as the story went. Once again, I had no idea she was trying to find out my position on homosexuals and lesbians. Do I support them? The last time I saw her to talk with her was sometime this year in 2021, I believe. She stopped by Pam's house, and then she came in my bedroom to visit with me. She teaches tennis, and I had ordered some tennis wristbands to help support my broken wrist because both of my wrists have been broken. And I was so excited over the wristbands. They were such pretty colors. They had wide bands of different colors, four different colors on the wristbands. And I thought they were so fun. And I said to her, do you know what these are? And she said, tennis wristbands? And I said, yes. And she said, does that mean you support gays and lesbians? I was so shocked. What does tennis wristbands have to do with gays and with homosexuals and lesbians? I never call them gays. I always call them homosexuals. What do tennis wristbands have to do with the subject of homosexuals and lesbians? And I just was so shocked. And I responded, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and that's all I said because I couldn't figure out the connection. After she left that day, I went to Amazon where I had purchased these tennis wristbands to see if they mentioned anything about homosexuals or lesbians, and they did not. So I was still trying to figure this out. And then I remembered that I had seen something on television news where homosexuals and lesbians were having a parade, and various people had bright-colored flags with various colors of bands on the flag. And then I knew, and I realized this woman knew those homosexual lesbian flags, and that's where she was connecting with the tennis wristbands that I had purchased. And her real goal was to find out my thinking about homosexuals and lesbians. Two days later, I wrote her, just sent it by U.S. mail, and explained what God has to say in the Bible about the subject of homosexual sodomites and lesbians. Of course, I gave her Romans chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, but I also gave her more, much more than that. I gave her 
many scriptures from the Old Testament showing God's position on the subject of homosexuals. In Genesis 13, we have a story concerning Abraham and his nephew Lot. They dwell together in the land of Canaan. But there was a point when the land was not big enough to support them, and the herdsmen were striving together against each other. And Abraham said, let's just don't strive together. There's plenty of land here. So you choose one section of land, whatever you want, and I'll take the other. So Lot chose all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Verse 12 of Genesis chapter 13. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Verse 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. They were homosexuals. Later, in Genesis 19, God sent two angels to remove Lot from Sodom before he destroyed Sodom. But in this passage in Genesis 13, 13, we read God's thinking about the subject. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I sent her that. I sent her Genesis 19 showing God destroying Sodom because of the homosexuals. And then I gave her Romans chapter 1, verses 26, 27, 28, which shows in the New Testament God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. Let's read that. It'd be Romans chapter 1. Start at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. Verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Romans chapter 1, verses 26, 27, 28. I wrote all this out for this neighbor, sent it to her. I told her in my note that I put myself in agreement with God when I see the way that God is thinking about the subject. I never heard from her again, not until this day. Have I heard anything from her? I don't know. That's been weeks ago that this happened. It doesn't mean I hate her. Even if she's a lesbian, that doesn't mean I hate her. I'm in agreement with God on the subject. And I can show her by the Bible what God says about the subject. Then she has to choose. But it doesn't mean I hate her, nor do I support her. There's no way I support homosexuals or lesbians. 
but I will show them the truth from the Bible of God's view. But you can see from my wanting to invite her to come down and have hamburger with us on our new grill, you can see that I don't hate her, that I actually love her, and I want her to repent if God gives her a mind to repent because it only can come from God. I have a friend who's Catholic. We used to play bridge together at the Bridge Center in Lubbock, Texas. I quit bridge, but we used to play together. She was my partner. And she came to my house often to visit. And she brought many worldly ideas to my attention. And I would always say to her, no, that's not from the Bible. What you're saying is not the way of God shown in the Bible. I want to build my house on the Word of God. And I might not see her for three or four weeks, and then she would again call me and want to come by and visit with me. And again, I would tell her, that's way you, whatever you said is not from the Bible. It's opposite to Bible. And I would tell her what the Bible said, and I'd say, I want to build my house on the Word of God. And again, I might not see her for three or four months or a year. I told her once what the Bible said concerning Catholics. Call no man father. That's Matthew 23, Jesus says that. And I sent her that scripture. I didn't hear from her for several weeks after I sent that scripture to her. And then one day I heard from her. And she said, thank you for the message. But she went right on to the Catholic Church calling those men father. It didn't change at all. So I knew there was no real understanding or repentance. That doesn't mean there won't be. I certainly don't hate this Catholic woman. Matter of fact, I, I really like her. And I'm just waiting until she's born again. And I think she will be. I think God has shown me in dreams that she will be born again. There's a woman in our own church group who was very much like a daughter to me. I really felt she was a prophet, and I told her so. And often I would say something to her, and she said, I thought of that. And I said, but you didn't share that with me. It would have really helped if you'd shared that with me. I told her that several times, that you can't just keep stuff inside yourself. You have to share it when, when you are given insight by God on something. She thought I was throwing rocks at her by saying this to her. Finally, she exploded. She was on the telephone. She lives in, on the eastern side of the United States, and I live in Colorado. I got Pam to come to the phone. I said, wait, wait, let's just get Pam to hear this. So Pam got on the extension. Pam could even hear her yelling on the phone in the other room, and my door was closed. But through the door, she could hear this woman yelling at me on the phone. Pam got on the phone, and Pam is very, very good at moderation. And she tried to reason with this woman, but then the woman would explode again. The woman left us at that time, and we basically could not continue 
with her at that time. For in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul says, If anyone's a railer who calls himself a brother or sister in Christ, if anyone's a railer, and that means they rail out at you in a famous way, accusing you or angry, if that happens, you can't keep them in the church. You have to put them out if they do that. Paul says, don't even eat with them. Don't keep company with them. He says, if any man who calls himself a brother be a fornicator or an extortioner, a railer, a drunkard, he lists several things in 1 Corinthians 5. He said, don't eat with them. Don't keep company with them. I feel like she's a little bit like Nebuchadnezzar. Finally, God put King Nebuchadnezzar out by himself. He was given the heart of a beast, the heart of an animal. And he spent his time having to eat the grass and out there with the animals. He couldn't be around any humans. And I felt that her life was like this. But eventually, God gave him the ability to come to his senses. And then Nebuchadnezzar confessed that God was the only God and that he's the only one to listen to. And I felt she was like this, that for a season she was going to be separated from us and she was going to be out there with the beast and she wouldn't have a heart to understand. But I've had dreams where she was with our church group. In one dream, she was sitting with some of the other people in our church group, and I just went by and kind of patted her on the shoulder, and I went on about my business. I didn't pay a lot of attention to her, but I just went on about my business, but she was definitely with our group. So I think she's kind of like Nebuchadnezzar. There'll be a time she'll come to her senses and realize what she has done. And I told God after this happened, the day it happened, I said, I cannot do ministry work until you show me the truth about me and this situation. That night, God gave me a dream. I opened the front door of my house, and someone had piled bags of garbage all the way across the front door and all the way down the front of my house. And I knew God was showing me what she accused you of was her own garbage that was stored in her heart. Instead of taking it to God and resolving it and settling it in a godly way, she kept it in her heart even for decades. And then she finally exploded against you, but it was her own garbage, her own thoughts. So I could go on with the ministry. Love your enemies. They might rise up against you, but you don't want to see them destroyed, do you? I mean, for eternal life? Of course not. Let's look at a scripture where Jesus was dealing with, I believe it was James and John. This is in Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 51. And it came to pass... When the time was come that Jesus should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face 
And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? But Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Now, the second coming of Jesus will be for the judgment, and then he will judge everyone, whether they've done right or wrong. But at this point in time, we who belong to God, we are not wanting them destroyed. We're wanting God to reveal himself to them so that they can be saved. Therefore, we love our enemies, for we want them saved rather than destroyed. So I find out all of a sudden that I can do what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, love your enemies, because I follow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is exactly opposite from the flesh. If you're following, following your own flesh, you want to see them destroyed. But if you're following the Spirit of God, you'll want to see them saved instead of destroyed. Now let's just close by looking at the difference between the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, meaning following what the Spirit shows you to do, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because see, that flesh is opposite from the Spirit. The flesh wants to hate, the Spirit wants to love. Totally opposite. So we follow the Spirit, and when we follow the Spirit, we cause our own flesh to suffer because it doesn't get to do what it wants to do. At one time it got to do what it wanted to do because we didn't have the Spirit of God in us. But after we're born again, we have the Spirit of God so we can go the way opposite to the flesh and keep the flesh crucified by following the Spirit. Galatians five nineteen through 21, Paul tells us what the works of the flesh are. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which means following superstitions, hatred, variance, that means to vary with people, to debate against them, to strive with them, emulations, which means to want to outdo people and exalt yourself, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Then in verse 22, 23, Paul says, But the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 
meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law because it fulfills the law if we follow the Spirit. Because we are going to love the people. If we are following the Spirit, instead of hating them, we're going to love them. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. See, we follow the Spirit, and that keeps the flesh under control so it cannot rise up and do what it wants to do. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, following what the Spirit shows us to do. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So the opposite, the works of the flesh are over here, opposite to the works of the Spirit. The flesh and the Spirit are always fighting each other. As long as we live on this earth, don't we see flesh around us? I mean, our flesh? I mean, we're in a human body. The time will come we're going to be removed from this human body one way or another. Either we die, or if Jesus returns before we die, he sends his angels with a trumpet to gather us off this earth, and before we leave this earth, we're going to be changed into a body that is like the Spirit of God, a spiritual body, before we leave the earth. I'm quoting from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, start at verse 48 and read the next few verses. Paul explains that before we are removed from this earth, we will be instantly changed by God into the new body, which is a spiritual body. We won't have this flesh in heaven. Because by the flesh, we have physical pain, we have sorrow, we have corruption, and we will not have corruption in the new Jerusalem, which is the new heaven and the new earth. God destroys the present heaven and earth by fire. Now, you can read about these two things. The new heaven, new earth, you read about it in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. You can read about the destruction that is coming to this present earth and heaven by looking at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. But we who belong to God follow the Spirit of God, and all of a sudden we are producing love, joy, peace. We're producing the fruits of the Spirit because we're following what the Spirit of God tells us to do. At first, we're not even realizing that we're producing the Spirit of what the Spirit of God says. We're just following, like little children, what the Spirit of God says us to, to do. And as we do it, the works of the Spirit come forth. It's automatic. Sort of like throwing a rock into a pond of water. When the rock hits the water, it doesn't have to try to make ripples. It's automatic. When we follow the Spirit of God doing what He shows us to do, we don't have to try to have love, joy, peace. It's automatic because we're following what the Spirit of God shows us. It's that simple. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.